monstrous technology is only as good as the data that it sits on top of. So if we start with a crappy job, um, we can only match candidates to that crappy job, right? If we start with a great job, but a out of date resume, there's still a breakdown in the quality of that match. So um, it's important that we start with good jobs data and good resume data before a match is ever made and before any automations ever happen. So um, from a jobs perspective, Monster doesn't really dabble in the, um, the cleaning up of jobs, um, but there's tools like you mentioned before, generative AI, you can use ChatGPT or many of the other solutions out there, right? To, for free to throw in uh, the amazing job descriptions that our staffing clients probably get from their, their HR counterparts um, to help expand on that. This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions. Digitally transform your business the right way, the Leap way. Visit www.leapconsultingsolutions.com to find out more on how your business can build, change, and adopt technology the right way, the Leap way. Laura Jones, it's great to see you in a moving vehicle recording a podcast episode. Hello, I Laura. am super fantastic. I am exceedingly car sick, um, but I am uh, on my way to Chuckwalla Raceway. Um, and so we are getting ready to uh, shake and bake, and then we're headed to Laguna Seca. Guys, Lauren and her husband own a race car building business, and they race cars, in case you didn't know. They also have a fantastic podcast that Mr. Jones often refuses to do called is it race, race car, car junkies? junkies yes yes yeah when he does decide to do it uh, it's great when he doesn't decide to do it which is more often than not not so great obviously uh but everyone to check that out at it, can, we're, um, we're in the race. busy season right now because the, this is the the last two races of the season and so everybody wants car, their cars built in the why off don't you season. just record episodes while you're there why don't you just record episode while you're yes, there yes that's a good idea we have the technology because we have we all do. the tools. All right. Uh, guys, with us today, we have someone that we probably should have had on a long time ago, almost a year from Staffing World 2022. We said we would do this. It's now after Staffing World 2023. Literally. Um, but he, yeah, Danny Ashraf might be one of the busiest humans that we ever know. Danny, how the hell are you? I am getting car sick and I'm not even in a car right now. I'm not, I can't look at Lauren, by the way. I'm looking at myself and you. I'm refusing to look at their... Uh, because it's making me sick because I'm just shaking. All right. Uh, but anyway, so you sound fantastic. Thank Alex. you. So thank that's you. Really all that matters. Uh, Danny, you are, uh, you've been at Monster for how long now? Um, a few thousand days. <laughs> uh, I think it's 16 years and counting. Jesus. And then you've been promoted. You were recently promoted. What is that promotion title? Yeah. Um, I know you're a fan of staffing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of titles. So I'm, I am uh, at the mercy of everyone at Monster that supports our staffing clients. Love it. A servant leader for staffing. Look at you. <laughs> that's a great, that's what you should just call yourself. All right. Okay. So starting um, off, we're going we to get to know Danny. You know, our questions, yeah. listeners, you know, these questions we ask every listener. Let's get to know Danny Ashraf to his core. Danny, what book are you reading right now that you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, the energy bus. Oh, 
That's a good okay. one. By who? Um, by Gordon Schmidt, I think. I believe you are correct. Okay. So it's a short book. book. Uh, I love self-help books, but hate them at the same time. I prefer storytelling, both telling stories and reading them. Uh, so it's one of those self-help books that is a story. Um, and I won't give it away, but there's a like term called uh, the energy vampire. Um, and that's, I love this concept of that. You either want people on your bus or get out of my face. Uh, so it's very interesting concept. So I encourage cool. everyone to read it. Quick read. You could probably knock it out in a couple of hours. I love it. It's a good All one. Right. Most memorable, sorry, most memorable moment in staffing to date, Danny, in your 16 years of being a monster. Remember, staffing World 2022, last year in Las Vegas, when I was leaving a client dinner and I got tackled by an MGM security guard by accident that was coming around a corner and I fractured. I how do you hurt your ankle? I fractured oh my, my ankle at Staffing World on the first day last year. That's how you ended up in the scooter. I was ended up in the scooter. You told me that, but I, I completely forgot. Totally yes. forgot you, that. Did you scoot Yeah. So, funny. Are you? Are you no. I'm not too happy. Uh, so, long story short, uh, I'm on. I'm at a, a session with Lauren. So she's moderating a session, and I'm a panelist. And I'm sitting there with crutches and uh, a lovely, lovely... I was on that panel, yes, too. Yes, you're fit, too. Uh, we're all there, right? Uh, and a client yeah. of mine noticed that I had sprained my ankle, and she ordered an electric scooter to be it delivered. It was amazing. Oh. It was amazing. Well, That's really It was nice. amazing. And that panel was a hell of a lot of fun. We did, we did yeah. some serious work. Shout out to Todd Bavel and yep. uh, Bruce, Bruce Morton. Morton. Yes. Martin, that was a killer yeah, panel, for sure. All right. All right. You know, you look, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm getting tackled by security in Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, that's a story that you tell over and over. I'm here for it. All right. Greatest achievement, either personally or professionally. Greatest achievement. Huh. Um, professionally, uh, it would be after 16 years, uh, finally being entrusted with uh, being responsible for Monster Staffing Business. Um, I've invested so much into the industry and all of our customer partnerships over the years, and it feels nice to be rewarded to be given um, the approval from the Monster leadership team and from the industry for you know thinking I know you know I'm knowing what I'm doing. Um, I know Lauren, you talked a lot over the years about um, imposter syndrome, so I'm kind of experiencing that right now. But I shouldn't. I need to like slap myself when I wake up because I deserve to be here. I deserve to be in this room. I love yeah. that you are so open about that because a lot of men don't talk about that they may suffer from confidence issues or imposter syndrome. I, I hate calling it a syndrome because I think we all inherently, um, you know, struggle with confidence at one point in our careers or other, question ourselves and our judgment or what have you, our capabilities. But I love that you are open about that. I wish, I wish, I wish more men would be open about it because I think more men struggle with it than than we think. I love that. Everyone struggles with it. I struggled with it. Um, Talk about it, guys. Talk about it. Greatest failure, which is probably, you know, one of the best, one of the most important things. Successes are great, but failures are better. Um, Greatest failure actually includes Todd Babel again. (laughs) Hey. 
God, it's coming up everywhere. Flashback to a staffing world a decade, two decades ago, I don't know, something like that. And I was so excited to meet with the team at Integrity Staffing. And I messaged everyone that said they worked at Integrity Staffing uh, that was registered for ASA and uh, invited 12 women out to dinner. Uh, with just you? Just me. So we took them out to dinner, or I took them out to dinner at the Venetian um, in Vegas. And after about 30 minutes, I realized that these people did not work for Todd at Integrity Staffing. They worked for a different Integrity oh, Staffing out of the middle of Ohio. Stop it. So I, we spent I, actually, I actually spoke something once that, that there's, there's a bunch of integrity, but the one in Ohio, oh. I know. Yeah. So I spent $5,000 on dinner <laughs> for these people that had no idea who Todd was. And I only figured it out when I went to the bathroom during dinner. I looked them up and none of them were connected to Todd. And I said, how could they not be connected to their, their CEO? Um, it was it was like the most mortifying experience for me. Long story short, I ended up emailing Todd um, about this at like one in the morning after I got out of dinner. And he responded moments, like minutes later. And he had never responded to me. And he said, uh, Danny, like, I'm sorry, but that's really funny. But we're in the middle of going through this brand crisis because other companies are trying to ride our coattails. So we turned lemons into lemonade, ended up becoming a really good friendship and uh, professional uh, partnership uh, over the past 10, 15 years now with Todd. So much so that you sat on a panel last year. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. That, that, that's incredible. I, I mean, I, I, I think I, I've shown up for an appointment through flight for a customer on the wrong day at the wrong, uh, on the wrong day, like flew somewhere on the wrong day, but taking spending $5,000, that was a, like a $400 flight. Spending five thousand dollars on the wrong people—that is classic, Danny. I. What'd you do with it? What'd you when you got there on the wrong day? What'd you do? Uh, well, at first I cried, um, <laughs> and um, then I had to be. <laughs> yeah, the right yeah, name. I cried. I for sure cried because uh, I couldn't be there the following day. Uh, so uh, yeah, I cried, and then I worked it out. You know, go forth and you know, uh, uh, overcome and adapt. So yeah. But I cried first. Won't lie. Okay, last question. This is really important. Most important, Most important one: one dog sure. or cat person. Don't hate me. Oh. I'm allergic. Look, cat. Alright. But we only hang up if you say cats. But Except when, unless you're making my cat. Unless you're making my cat. <laughs> yeah. I want a golden retriever. I want the dog of dogs. Oh, I want a hairy, shedding dog. It's just I can't. Um, but I I love to have friends that have them. Love to have friends that have them. I just itch. Yeah. Lauren has like six dogs in that RV that she's driving around in okay, right one now. Right here. Oh, there's one, one in her arms. Yeah. One in my lap. That's that? Mila. Mila. She she doesn't like to uh, be. Uh, the floor is lava in the RV, according to her. So. Uh, uh, so you, she's been in your arms oh, yeah. the entire she's drive. She's in my lap the entire drive because she thinks the floor is lava when we're in our. So, yeah. I so love the name Mila, by the way. One of my uh, daughters is Camila. Oh. So um, some people try to call her that as a nickname, but we're not ready we're yet. Not ready. Like, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Layla's off to my left taking a nap. So she's pretty happy. All right. 
We're, all, we're 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 a dog crew here. Well, Lauren is a go. You really need some alpaca and like. I need a llama. I definitely need a llama. It'll happen. Don't worry. You're not. You wouldn't be the first Lauren, by the way, to be a a staffing llama owner. Okay. Really. I'm here for it. That's something we need to talk about later. All right. Well, go. Let's go back. So we're gonna talk about data quality, guys, and um, and making sure that your data is of a quality to be used, uh, which kind of ties really nicely into your greatest failure, Danny. Uh, because if you had a CRM with accurate data on companies, you might have saw that the people that you invited to dinner didn't work for Todd and worked for the integrity staffing in Ohio. In Ohio. My Salesforce right? instance is perfect. What are you talking about? Do you have automations running to keep your data fresh and, and so fresh and so clean? Um, yes and no. Uh, so we, okay. we partner with uh, a giant uh, data partner. Um, in the space, but there's not automation. It's uh, all salesperson generated. So we've built out the integrations within Salesforce so we can update everything on an account, but there needs to be a human that initiates that Press button. presses a button. Okay, well, that's better than not having anything at all, for sure. Agreed, agreed. But I wish there were uh, organizations out there and feel free to share them um, if you know them on this uh, podcast or afterwards, right? If there is a tool that plugs into Salesforce that can update things in perpetuity. Um, I know that's what we evangelize at Monster for our clients' databases. I wish we had that internally. I want to practice what I preach. Yeah, I love that. Lauren might have an idea, but let's let's not solution yes, on this call. I have some ideas, so we'll chat later. No, and no I'm solutioning. Lay it on me. Um, and, and maybe that's a great, great place to start, right? So uh, you heard Danny. Danny would love to have an automated tool that keeps his data fresh. And this is something that Danny and I talked about uh, back when I was at Kylo last year. We had the ability, Kylo can run rules. They have a tool called Data Tools for Bullhorn uh, that can automate, you know, enriching data or updating data. It doesn't go out to the interwebs and pull the fresh data in. Um, but if you can figure out what to fix it as, if it's statuses or skills and et cetera, you can do that. Um, one of the things that I really loved about what Danny was talking about, and this is almost like a year plus now, is, you know, data quality and, and using places where people update their own data to help keep um, your data, like, good to use. So, Danny, you know, kind of go, if you want to give us like a quick walkthrough uh, of what we were talking about back then. Yeah, so since the first time we talked about this, Rob, 50 million people have voluntarily quit their jobs. Right. So the speed at which data is changing is mind blowing. Right. Uh, and if you couple that with the fact that the U.S. Postal Service shared that since 2020, over 100 million people have changed their address. Um, I have. So if you add that up, since 2020, there are hundreds of millions of data points that have changed from location or job title step. There's a 50% chance that every single person that you open up in your ATS has wrong data in them, right? If you haven't touched them in the last 24 months. Uh, so data is a huge problem, right? If anyone says they have perfect data, they're a liar, right? And um, we transact in data in Monstra and we would be hypocrites if we said we had perfect data on our internal systems too. Uh, so I think the first step is admitting like, I, I have a bad data problem. <laughs> the first 12-step program, program for 
Hi, I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm a dirty data yeah. <laughs> dirty right, data holic. We could do a round table show some dirty data. We should, we should have a pledge on LinkedIn. Like I have bad data. Yes, yes. I mean, I'm here for this conversation because, you know, when I'm talking to we've we've helped a number of startups build their tech stack, and one of the things that we counsel them on all the time is if you could just exercise the data hygiene muscle every single day from the time you opened your firm you get to maintain this ultimate agility moving forward. It's, it's, it's amazing what clean data will get you from a, an agility perspective. Uh, it's the one thing you can control too. Uh, there's so many things that are out of our control and you can control this to a degree through good habits and good training and good adoption um, and good process. And um, so I love, I'm, all, I'm here for this conversation and automation I think just helps us helps make this conversation and this this idea so much easier. Yeah, and it's it's necessary for automation to work, yes. right? Um, I was joking with Rob about this. Um, data isn't sexy, or at least it wasn't sexy. But you're bringing but sexy back that, to data. We're bringing data sexy back. Sexy back. Data side. By the way, you said those words on record, and they're going into a live yes. episode yeah. the, on the internet. They are tattooed on my lower back. Right now. <laughs> oh. All right. Now we made that choice. All right. Cool. But dating back to like 2019, 2020, when we started to see this title of data scientist proliferate, um, it wasn't that cool. Now, in the 2020s, data scientists are like the sexiest job of the decade, right? And well, and yeah, still data was not cool, but now that automation is cool, specifically within staffing, data is tied to that, right? So now data is cool. Um, and I, I read something earlier this year. I don't know if you agree with it, but a grid report shared that 20% of staffing firms are leveraging automation and a hundred percent of, uh, retail businesses utilize automation in some way, shape or form. Now, I think that's low, but that still shows that we're at the beginning of what automation can do and how it can be applied to staffing. So there's so much opportunity for automation. We're at the beginning of it. Imagine if we were able to, to use good data to help companies leverage more successful outcomes with automation. Well, and not only automation, I think reporting and AI, whether it's matching or generative. What's are, AI? Uh... <laughs> Well, uh, what are you talking about, Rob? Is this what? Yeah. What is this? What is this? Then, 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 dangled AI you speak of? I, I, A Y. It's spelled A Y. I think it's. I think it stands for uh, autonomously. Uh, Interesting. Uh, intervening. All right. Uh, no. So there's different forms of AI people, right? So there's machine learning, which relies on good data to perhaps match candidates to jobs or maybe even match jobs to candidates, either way. Um, and then there's uh, generative AI, which is what's the rage of 2023, right? You know, summarizing, writing, creating images. Uh, I'm definitely more afraid of, neither of those are really scary for me, but when things start to think for themselves, I get a little scared. So, uh, but yeah, all three things, reporting, automation, and AI rely on good yes. data. Or data quality. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I, I tell agencies this all the time. Think about it 
like your house and moving. If you keep your house in order, right, and you're and you're getting ready to move and you label all your boxes, and this is why configuration is so important, understanding where your data goes, where it's going to go when you're field mapping and configuring, uh, when you're implementing, uh, and that's why it's so important not to over-customize because data can have a big impact impact on that as well. If you're if you've got some messiness with the way um, data is being captured um, from a from a field perspective, but if I don't know that your bathroom box should go to the bathroom and it remains unlabeled when I go to migrate from one system to another, which inevitably can happen, then your movers aren't going to know where to put it. And so keeping it organized, clean, and labeled is so so important. I fifty percent yeah. of that. Wait, yeah, tell us why only 50%. Now I'm, now I'm interested. I only agree with 50% because that's all I heard. Oh, yeah. And then, by the way, the way that this that software works, Danny, is that even though, by the way, Lauren was just cutting out for us, but when you listen to this live, you'll probably hear it completely because it's recording on our own device and then we'll upload to the cloud. That is fancy. Yes. I love it. It is yeah. very fancy. So, there's We're a little, going through I, a I meant very to probably talk. Should, should have said that. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, so what Lauren was saying, guys, is that if you have your, if, if you label your box as well, when you have to go move things, like a move from your house, they'll be easier to keep track of and use in the new ATS that you potentially move to. But if you keep changing what you use certain fields for or haphazardly name fields, and then don't train your team on which ones to use, when you go to move your data, uh, it's going to be what we like to call a uh, Charlie Foxtrot in the consulting world. So uh, now, now hearing that, Danny, how much do you agree with? 150%. All right. We got, we got over a whole 100% more. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. And, and what's interesting, I think, and then maybe, Danny, I want you to talk about this a little bit, right? Is you, you know, company data, important, contact data, mostly important, but like, when we're pre prepping for this call, you were, you gave candidates and jobs as the two most important, maybe houses to keep in order uh, for a staffing and recruiting business. So you want to dive a little deeper into that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Monster is a matchmaker, right? For candidates and jobs. So that's, those are the, the currencies that we transact in and, um, Monster's technology is only as good as the data that it sits on top of. So if we start with a crappy job, um, we can only match candidates to that crappy job, right? If we start with a great job, but a out of date resume, there's still a breakdown in the quality of that match. So, um, it's important that we start with good jobs data and good resume data before a match is ever made and before any automations ever happen. So, um, from a jobs perspective, Monster doesn't really dabble in the, um, the cleaning up of jobs. Um, but there's tools like you mentioned before, generative AI, you can use chat GPT or many of the other solutions out there, right. To, for free to throw in, um, the amazing job descriptions that our staffing clients probably get from their, their HR counterparts, um, to help expand on that right how many times have you seen a job lauren or where the job is like one sentence long yes um okay so let's talk about this let's 
talk oh. about. We're gonna get this. we're gonna get a LJ yes. Rand. Okay, you've heard these stats before, people, but let me repeat them for the listeners who haven't heard this before. Ninety-eight percent of job descriptions are written with masculine bias. Um, uh, um, fifty-six percent of jobs are over the prescribed length, and the average job in staffing is six point five years old. What's happening? It means we like to regurgitate old garbage. Let's stop doing that. Because when one of the things that we can control from, um, you know, you know, everything is about brand trust right now. How do you how do you create brand trust? Well, it's certainly not with a, a half-ass written job description. And and so agencies really need to take control of their narrative, and their narrative is represented in the job descriptions that they put out there. And so the time, care, and consideration you put into the quality of candidate that you want to attract is a fundamental to fixing the problem of unqualified candidates potentially responding to a job posting. If you're not going to put the time and care into a posting that goes out there, the candidate's not going to put the time and care into being concerned as to whether or not they're qualified or not. Preach, preach. Uh, a million percent, a million percent, right? Um, and you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't be surprised, if you look at the 9 million jobs that are live on Monster right now, there are so many of them that we have to suppress because they don't meet the minimum requirements, which means they have, they have less characters than a tweet, which is ridiculous, hey, right? It's absurd. So you're expecting... You're expecting good, qualified people to apply to your job that is less than one sentence long. Right. That you spend no time right. writing. Right. And open house, right. job fair, hiring today is not a searchable job title, people. 100%. So Monster has built a library of jobs for free for all of our uh, staffing clients to utilize, right? So... We've built uh, a database of optimized jobs that you can use as a basis to then augment and add your flavor to. Um, and still, you can then take those job descriptions, throw them into ChatGPT, ask them to write the job in this tone, make it longer, shorter, all that stuff to jazz it up. Um, but you need, to spend bias. you need to spend time on can use, you can, remove bias. Yes, you, can use, you can use AI to remove bias from a job posting. You can also use tools like Bard or Perplexity that are more now information to um, add relevant hashtags or emojis, or you can ask it to shorten said job description for Twitter with corresponding trending hashtags and emojis. I mean, we have so many tools at our fingertips to help us improve the quality of content that we're putting out to the world. If you're not using them, again, I'll say this again, AI isn't going to replace you, but someone that knows how to use it will. A hundred percent. We're seeing that as a really popular new job title um, in our uh, monthly searches. Prompt um, engineer. Being prompt engineer. Yep. It's a job that didn't exist six months ago. Now it does, right? Um, so we need better content, right? Ultimately at Monster, my team falls on the sword for not generating quality applicants to a job. Um, but if you peel back the layer of the onion, a lot of times it goes, um, you can tie it back to the quality of the content that we're getting, right? Uh, so it's so important. Again, it's not something that Monster is in the business of necessarily fixing, but we need to be uh, cognizant of the fact that it, it does impact all of the things 
downstream, right? If you're one degree off course at the beginning of your journey, a mile down the road, you're going to be a mile off. Uh, so that's important to, to consider the job quality and the job content first. And uh, Laura, what were the two ones that you mentioned before? Perplexity, oh, perplexity and Bard. Bard um, uh, People GPT is actually a, a really cool new tool by Juicebox for searching candidates. Um, I don't know. We've looked at about 45 AI tools as a, as a, Only? yeah, about 45 AI tools as a, I mean, that's what we do, right? That's, that's our job is to look at technology. Um, and, and there are some re there's some really cool innovation coming out from an AI perspective. There's also some duds out there, right? So be careful. When you see somebody saying they're going to be the answer to all of your prayers, um, you know, you want to make sure you can see some proof in the put. Yeah, 100%. So that's the job side of the equation. The other side is the candidate side. Um, so I mentioned a couple of other statistics earlier about um, the speed at which candidate data is changing. Um, and I don't know if you both agree, but um, I live outside of New York City. And for the past couple of years, working from home 100% was an option. All my friends are going back to work. They're all back in Manhattan for the most part now. Do you feel the same? I know we're all in different parts. Yeah. Of the yeah. I, we've talked about this on the podcast before and our, our feelings about that. I, I think some large organizations are going about it the right way. Uh, like Apple. Apple's saying, you know, you can you can earn your your work from home. I still believe, and, and the statistics are behind us, and a survey by Indeed said 84% Indeed said of candidates are still looking for flexibility in their and their job. So I think forcing people to go back to the office is a bad idea, but giving them or having them earn the choice is the right way to go. I don't know. There it's, there's con yeah, every day in the office controversy around it. I think, honestly, I think what's driving it is the potential commercial re real estate collapse that sure. could occur. Agreed. Agreed. And I think, I think most importantly, when people go to renegotiate their leases, they should start to account for the lack of not leading people to uh, be in an office oh, all the time. Oh my goodness. So, Did I hear yeah. a little voice in there? Yeah, oh. yeah we, got a little, we got a little one. In the we love seeing the little ones. Got... This is what work from home is all about. No, this, is, this is my name. They had Camille. Oh. Camila, Camila, how are you? Seen by billions of <laughs> Watchers, as she drops this, it's totally going to be an audio watch. episode. Well, but we, we appreciate billions. Camila, say hello, everyone. Can say you... hello, everyone. Oh, she's getting shy. Can you scream? Oh, she's say, getting shy. Sorry. We got a shy one. She's <laughs> we got a shy okay. one, but she's adorable. Well, I'll go. I'll go kill the lantern bug in a minute. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a big, big priority. priority. All right. Well, now that Danny has working orders, he has a honey do list from his daughter. <laughs> Now, yeah, so on the data side for candidates, um, the speed at which candidate data is changing is wild, right? And right now, um, all we're doing is using automation to solicit new data from a candidate, right? Um, what I almost fell in my chair reading was that 98% um, of uh, text messages get, in, get read, right? And less than 5% of emails get read and even less get responded to. So if we're using automations to email candidates and ask them for new information, we should, text yeah, right? we should, we should be, be texting. texting them. Bummer. Yes. 
And the stats are behind Danny in that because uh, the average text mes message is responded to in about 27, 28 minutes, and the average email is takes over 90 minutes to respond to. So if time is, or, or never, never, so if time is money, come on, meet the people where they are. Yep. All right. Any any closing thoughts, Danny, on data? Um, data hygiene is something that you need to address immediately, if not sooner. And um, it's something that happens in perpetuity. It's not something you do once. A lot of times people want to clean up their data when they're upgrading to a new instance of their applicant tracking system. They want to do this when um, they're changing ATS or... Um, they're seeing usage of job work go up and lack of, you know, submissions from their internal database. But the reality is you should be addressing your data all the time. It's not just a one and done type of thing. Um, part of your business. Exactly. It's part this of This is drinking so, your daily uh, dose of water, people. Data hygiene is drinking water. Do it. Do it. On 100%. And, it, and it's fun right. starting to get some traction because it's tied to automation. So I encourage you to look at it every single day. Love it. You guys, clean up your data. Uh, Danny, thank you so much. I know you have, you're on a mission to go kill a lantern bug after this, which I appreciate. Thank you, Danny. Um, be respectful of all life on the way. <laughs> and then I'm grateful that we get to turn off Lauren's bouncing video feed because it's been a lot. <laughs> Try. I'll go get you uh, a, a, lunch, a, a paper lunch bag, Rob, for afterwards. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, that. Danny. Thanks, Rob. Bye, L. Bye, Danny. Thank you for listening to the You Own the Experience podcast. You can catch all our previous episodes at whyowepodcast.com and learn more about our thriving staffing community by signing up for the YOE newsletter. And coming soon is Staffing Huddle, an online open community dedicated to your staffing success. I'm Rob. And I'm Lauren. Go do something good. Bye, guys.